Hey, it's John from Game On Sports Memorabilia. Check out our huge selection of unopened wax boxes of Pokemon cards. You have to see our selection of over 2 million sports cards in stock, plus hard-to-find card supplies. And if you have anything to sell, bring it in. We can help you determine the true value before you sell it. We pay fair market value every day. It's Game On Sports Memorabilia, 2670 Dewey Avenue in Greece. Check out our podcast for news and information on the card and collectible universe. Also, check out our Facebook page. For more, call 481-2153. That's 481-2153. Uh, kick off the show here. <laughs> <laughs> We're agreeing! <laughs> so cleaned up. Welcome, welcome, welcome in Mafia Cast. Welcome to another episode of. <laughs> we say that again. Welcome, Bill's Mafia. Welcome to another episode of the Mafia Cast. There we go. Um, how are you guys doing today? Doing good. Doing good. Sounds like we're all having the same kind of day. Yeah. <laughs> That's definitely been a long, interesting. Big day. game this weekend, right? Oh, there's a game <clears throat> this weekend. Yeah. For who? I didn't know there was you know, a game. I, I was thinking about this earlier today, and it's kind of funny because uh, my wife asked me, so, so what are we doing for the Super Bowl? Are we you know, having the family over? What kind of food are we doing? I'm like, I don't care. Right. <laughs> I, it's funny because it got me to thinking, like when we were on that 17-year playoff trial, I actually enjoyed the Super Bowl during those times more than I do now. So in that matter. aspect of it, it, yeah, it didn't matter. You just you knew you weren't going to make it. It, it. Nobody cared, you know, whatever. And you just enjoyed football. And now, I, maybe it'd be different if it was Detroit versus Baltimore. I'd probably be a little more into True. it. Um, but I'm sure Chiefs and Niners fans are tired of hearing that, so we won't beat them up over that. Not their fault, I guess. Um, but let's uh, let's kind of get into it. First of all, and we mentioned this last week, and you know, those of you who are listening now, you probably noticed the our intro there with the Game on Sports as our new, new show sponsors. So... Um, Mike, you've got something you wanted to say and add to that that's going on this weekend? Oh, yeah. So uh, Casey's coming out to Rochester this weekend. And at John's store here in Rochester, the Greece location, they're having their monthly uh, – well, they're doing it at both locations, but we're going to the one uh, near me. And once a month, they do a, a trade day at the stores. So you or I can go there and, you know, bring whatever you want and, you know, meet – see other people and see what they might have just and just straight up trade with people or, you know, see what else, you know, John's got at the store as well. So we're going to check that out see what's going on uh, this weekend, Saturday, 12, 12 to two. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, might have to bring something, might have to bring something there, see what I can find. It's going to be interesting uh, to see all the different types of memorabilia. Yeah. Oh, you know? I mean, obviously I hope there's a lot of bill stuff, but outside what john has but it'll be i'm curious to see i hope there's a lot of other like different cool things that you know i just never really thought of or looked at because it wasn't bills related right yeah and he's got all sorts of he's got a lot yeah 
like the ad mentioned uh pokemon cards and and however million many millions of uh sports trading cards but he's also got some hollywood type uh memorabilia too so i don't know he, yep. he talked about a uh chair from uh or a seat from fenway park yeah <laughs> he, he was talking right. with us about, uh, yeah, so yeah he he's, he's got all sorts of cool stuff there so <laughs> so Let me tell you, before he or i die i'm getting that jack nicholas card from him <laughs> yeah. i don't care if i have to write it into the contract or what but i'm getting that <laughs> speaking of good luck <laughs> speaking of die um yeah. What what it happened, Casey? Out, where's where's the pink hair? Oh, really well. Well, I'll do get do as best as I can for you for anybody that can kind of see. We're gonna do better than that, I think. It didn't do I mean, much. I know. He he tried like <laughs> I tried three different dyes. I that's all I've been doing after work the last couple of days. Is I just, I've been I mean, I wish I could show you guys the picture. I mean, think of the pinkest thing you've ever seen in your life. And I got something more, and like the hair dye I got last night was brighter pink than that. And I followed the directions, I mean, to a T. It said not to bleach your hair if you have dark or uh, brown hair. I was like, okay, well, here we go. You know, the only thing that it dyed was my Follow scalp. You know, you know, <laughs> just got a little, just got a little bit on the head. That, but um, well, yeah, it didn't. If it didn't got work, anybody. So if we got anybody listening right now that has some tips yeah. for, for Casey here that's has done this kind of thing before, help them out. We need hey, some professional help. <laughs> and it does not include that does not include going to a like a hairdresser because I am not spending that kind of money to do this. 80 bucks. I've yeah, spent, a, not, I've spent enough money trying to do this already. <laughs> <laughs> too funny, uh, yeah, too getting funny. it done professionally is, is not cheap for sure. Um exactly. I Let's move. Let's move forward. We got some some changes came up this week. Kind of discussed a little bit last week about the the new offensive coordinator, the new defensive coordinator, uh, Bobby. Ba- I guess um, Bobby Babbage, the new guy, Dorsey or not uh, Dorsey, but um, no, screen, the, the new guy, but you know, dropping the interim title mm. there. So, but with those changes came a lot of changes on the defensive side, all three position levels. But the defense have a new coach now, and um, well, for the defensive line, uh, I believe it's Al Holcomb took over. Al Holcomb took over for for Bobby Babich. Uh, what do you guys think about that that move? Um, anything that really kind of stood out to you on that end? I just like, and we saw the Bills struggle like, like on defense in the playoffs, you know, and down the stretch to end like to close close games. Um, I'm thinking that McDermott, I mean, it's not that he's set in his ways, but I think he's like, all right, maybe I need to hear fire him off. Yeah. Right. Stu. I think, you know, (laughs) maybe McDermott needs to hear just some fresh ideas, you know, just like when the chargers, they had to get rid of Brandon Staley because they just needed a new voice. They needed the players needed a new face to look at. And, you know, maybe McDermott was like, all right. Yeah. He will. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> um, I think McDermott just kind of need like was kind of looking around and being like, let me try to get some different voices in here, some different opinions, maybe some people yeah. that are, that are going to push back harder on him. Um, so I that that's what I'm hopeful for anyway. Yeah, uh, I I like that you brought that up because especially and we haven't got to the other two position groups yet, the linebackers and the defensive backs, but. Uh, 
leading into that, both of those guys are from outside the organization. And I, to your point, I think that's good. I think that that brings in a new, some new ideas, fresh faces, some new ways of doing things. Um, I wish I could remember all the names, the, the linebacker, the linebackers coach, the name escapes me. The defensive back is uh, Jamil, Jamil a day, or I think that's how you pronounce it. Probably a die. Only reason why, only reason why I think it's that, because I remember, um, the running back, Joseph Marcus Adai. West. Yeah, yeah, but Joseph Adai had an I in that last name, and Jamil does not. So, but anyway, oh. he he he's coming over from initially Miami, and there's a couple of things with this hiring that really kind of piqued my interest. I think, and that was one, the the safety over in Miami that he coached this year and helped develop him into a first team All American, and a guy who's been tagged to kind of potentially be a bill's first or second round selection and that's the uh the kitchen's Kitchens. safety i can't remember the first name you guys remember the first name cameron kitchens cameron yeah so um kind of makes you wonder if maybe there's some sort of a connection there maybe the bills are looking at kitchens and thought you know what hey let's go get his coach and and see what comes of hmm. that um and then the other thing that i liked about it is Kyer Elam, I think, I don't know if you guys saw the quote or not, but he was, Elam was asked about the change and um, the new def, uh, defensive back coach. And they asked him particularly about the former coach and his thoughts on it. And he said, no comment. And he went on to kind of not really elaborate on that, but he made mm-hmm. some other comments in there that kind of led you to believe that basically he and the DB coach were not on the same page. Uh, for whatever reason, maybe they weren't getting along. Um, I don't know. So I'm kind of excited to see what a day can do, or whatever his last name is pronounced, what he can do with Kyrie Elam. Um, because when Elam's had a chance, he hasn't been terrible. There, there's some parts of his game that could be better, yes. But year three, we saw it with Spencer Brown. You know, he struggled year two with because of the ankle injury. Same thing with uh, Elam last year. Uh, we've seen a lot of these guys, maybe not necessarily be household names or or you know fulfill their potential in year one or two, but later on down the road they have. So I'm, I'm curious to see how that one plays out. What do you guys think with with that one? Go ahead, Mike. Oh, uh, with it with a day, he's yeah. I mean, I'm I'm pulling up a page here with uh some info, and he's he's been coaching for. <laughs> Darn near 20 years, you know, so uh, he's been he's he's been into it for a while. Uh, I, I do agree that, you know, I, I like the idea. It is time. Like, I, I think it's just time um, more of, you know, our our defensive backs were it was more about the players. Now, you know, we had some veteran players um, in, in our defensive backfield, but now we have a lot of young talent. So we really, I think the coaching is a lot more crucial now. <clears throat> and, and, and you pointed out some of the connections. I mean, that's, that's very in, interesting. If there is a connection there, um, it, it could be helping us out that way. Um, but, but definitely some new minds in there. I mean, obviously, you know, I feel like ever since, you know, Frazier left, we, we've been really sort of working hard to get this coaching staff, uh, to a point, you know, where, where it needs to be. Um, 
and, and you know, maybe McDermott sees something in these guys um, that he likes and, you know, hopefully they work, work well together. Yeah. And they're so all how would you guys, young too. How would you guys yeah. feel about this? So Kitchens is, you know, a borderline one, two, like round one, round two player. You know, he, you see him being thrown around in both places. Yeah. How would you feel if they the Bills didn't take him at 28? You know, he is falling in the second round. How would you feel if the Bills traded up that compensatory pick that we got from the Tremaine Ed from losing Edmonds last year and swapping our second round, our late round second round pick to move up in the second round, you know, to the maybe the top ten to grab him. So that way we still have our number one. You know, say we you, we go wide receiver first round. Say so we still grab our number one. We still and then we get our starting safety still right there. And yes, we're losing a third round draft pick, but we have two of them. So like, is that something that you guys be be willing to separate with if it if it meant getting like two absolute studs right off the bat? Even even one, <laughs> for sure. I mean, you're moving up, and you you got a guy you you think is the guy you got your guy there at the top you're gonna you're gonna go get him and if it is someone in a, in a key position like that <clears throat> yeah we gotta go for it yeah i i haven't done a lot of digging too much into other positions outside of the receiver to be honest with you as far as draft goes but i did see earlier today i was kind of looking at kitchens a little bit and if i remember correctly he had a four four somewhere around four four six i believe it's unofficial. We haven't, we'll get those official times when the combine happens, but you get a safety that can run like that. That's a huge asset you can get. I would be for it to answer your question directly. Uh, I would definitely be for that because you're right. I think uh, if they want him, they're going to have to get higher in the second than when they are right now. Cause I, I think a PFF has him sitting around the 34th or so overall player. So that's going to be high second or, or yeah, high second or, or late first. But um, <laughs> we got there at least Sheldon Spence. <laughs> Spence, bro, you if, missed the whole if, thing. If you would have been on time, Spence. <laughs> exactly. I, I, to recap, real we're gonna, quick, we're for gonna you. do this. Hey, J- hey, Spence, jump in here really quick. Um, we need professional uh, help with with his hair. He tried a out, bunch yeah. of different bunch of different dyes, and I guess his hair is too dark or something, or he's just bsing, but. <laughs> You know, we got to do better than that. <laughs> you know, Chris Spence is here with us in just a moment. Um, oh. Earlier, Roy Crawlin said, is it Holcomb, the linebacker coach? That is correct. I, I think I said he was a defensive line coach, but yeah, he's the linebackers coach. I, I don't remember who the DL guy is that took over there. But like I said, at, and then we got a new QB coach as well. So, yeah, we'll, uh, that 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 is more exciting for me. Um, I mean, we obviously, got, go ahead. No, I was going to say, we we got. If you look at Casey's oh hairline, God. you can see the pink there. He did do something. Seriously, to here you go, Spence. <laughs> I'm just getting destroyed right now about this whole pink <laughs> hair thing. I like the QB coach because he's worked, you know, under Sean Payton. You know, he for mm-hmm. while he was in New Orleans, and which means he worked with Drew Brees, you know, one of mm-hmm. the best quarterbacks to ever play. You know, he's is up there just about all the passing records. So I, I think that that's going to be a, I think that's going to be a positive for, 
Josh yeah. overall. And, and so him and him and Joe Brady kind of coached together at one point, right? They were on the they were both at the Saints at a at a certain time. I believe. I thought really? I read something. I didn't yeah, they, they may have. So they may have. Th- that's interesting as well. And and I've I've realized that uh he's quite a he's quite an athlete, multi sport athlete. I think he even won a dunk contest in college. So and he played multiple positions. He played receiver and quarterback in the NFL. So sort of well-rounded, yeah, he, you know, you, you see he, the game from both positions. Um, you've seen it firsthand. So, you know, I, I believe it, it, it's a good thing. And then, you know, the connection with Brady, hopefully maybe, you know, getting something together. Maybe they had something there and uh, who, who knows. He also did some, I was about to say he did some time under, uh, but that sounds bad. He yeah. coached under uh, Jim Harbaugh as well. Uh, yeah. Back okay. when he first got started with his coaching. So, so yeah, and one of the things I, I kind of I wrote about this earlier today though, and uh, it, I find it kind of interesting. The last two now QB coaches that Josh Allen has had have both gone on to be offensive coordinators. The only one that didn't was the very first one. Spence is in here. We're gonna let him jump in here really quick because I know he's got he's busy. He's he's oh my gosh at the Super Bowl. So let's see what he's got Mr. to say. Hey, what's up? <laughs> I'm making my way to Mina Kimes show and everything tonight. So I, I'm dipping out the hotel room, but I wanted to jump in. Casey, I'm sorry. I saw it. I see it. I see it. <laughs> Dude, Don't be sorry. I, he deserves I tried three different. I tried three different dyes. My hands well, you know, are pink. I bet you my, so my body's I feel like, pink. Like, I feel like we should have talked first. You know, there's a process. I, I dyed my hair, so there's a process. You have to bleach it first. You can't just... Dude, you know, it's my direction thought. said my directions specifically said for dark or uh black, like dark or brunette nah. hair, do not bleach. I'm gonna it tell said, you like, don't. specifically not to. I'm gonna tell you it don't work like that. Now, what you can do though, like just to get this deal, like this this bet done so you can lose <laughs> in peace and lose gracefully, they have they have spray paint, like they have hair. Yeah, uh, yeah. Tried that. That you can go tried and that. you tried that too? Tried that. Wouldn't work. I'm gonna so, get the rustoleum. Yeah, my we just hair gotta get just spread up. That's it. We just gotta get my hair turned. My hair just kind of turned like Real a, a red. <laughs> like, it, well, hey, like, I respect you for doing it, man. I respect it. I've tried I, so hard. I, 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 no, I think we so can call hard. it even if you want. Uh, you embarrassed yourself enough. We can call it even. No, that's a, that's up to that you. You're from. the guy who I made the bet with. I can yeah, try to keep no, going you know with Pinker if you want. I can see you tried. I see you're gonna have to walk around for like four days with like dude, a pink hairline. Dude, I'm good, it's, man. I'm good. Dude, it's <laughs> bad, bro. Oh, it's bad. He, he died his scalp. He died his scalp. It's on my pink. ears. Like it's not good. No, I love it, man. I love it. So, so yeah, we could call it even, man. And and fellas, I just want to say this. Uh, congratulations on a wonderful season. You guys had a great season this year. Um, and then you've grown a lot. You got your your sponsorship going now, and then you got other things happening. I look forward to seeing what you guys do and, and how you continue to grow on Buffalo Rumblers, man. I got your back 100%. All three of you guys, you're my brothers. I appreciate you. Keep going, man. Keep going. Oh, Go Bills. Awesome, man. Thanks, Thanks a bunch. Thanks. Love you, man. Thank you, Spence. Yeah. All right, Thanks, man. Peace. Go Bills. Yeah. Later, Spence. Have fun. All right. Yeah, Thank his, God. He's, got a, he's got a hard that right now. That was the pink hair fail. <laughs> it wasn't God. such a fail. <laughs> oh my god 
that that was awesome. It really does. Was, I, <laughs> I really thought I was going to have to keep trying to do this, man. Like I was over it. I did picture you with Bright really Big Gabriel. He's right. That trying. is. That is. That is. <laughs> you're well, saying to his point. Um, my my youngest has he's gone green. Uh, he's done I think a purple or a blue or maybe both. He's done a red. But yeah, all uh, you have to bleach it first. That's the only because his hair is not quite as dark as yours, but it's still pretty dark. So yeah, and that's what they did. Is they they bleached it. But the first time we went and had it professionally done, yeah, like one hundred fifty bucks for that crap. <laughs> exactly, and like if you guys yeah. like because of the lighting, the camera, like in person, like I you can it, it is kind of like purplish pink, like right here in the front, like it's it, there's definitely some light, color you can see a little bit of it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you just barely can tell though. Oh, I could tell. All right, um, watches on your forehead. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So, should have seen it uh, last night. It was my entire forehead. Should have left it. Should have left it. That dude, it took rubbing alcohol, me rubbing rubbing alcohol on my forehead to get it off. I swear (laughs) to God. Oh man, Uh, you learned your lesson. You gonna make any more bets like that going forward? Probably. Yeah, guaranteed yeah for sure guaranteed <laughs> all right all right all right um let's get back to the to, to the what we we're talking about so quarterbacks coach yeah yeah drew Brees, harbaugh we kind of talked about that is there anything else you guys wanted to add as far as the uh, oh the thing i was saying is the last two brady uh dorsey both went on to be offensive coordinators um so, like you mentioned a while ago, the connection with Brady, the potential connection there with Brady, and I wonder if maybe that's why they kind of brought him in was because there's a very real possibility Brady's gone after next season, uh, assuming, you know, the Bills offense has a good season, which offensively, you know, there's no reason to believe they wouldn't. So there is that possibility. Do you see maybe um, – uh, why are these names escaping me? The new OC or new QB coach stepping in. Curry. Uh, Curry. Curry. <laughs> Maybe, is mean, that a way to keep Joe Brady around? Because why did we have to have a revolving door of OCs? Because they're good, and they move on. I mean, I, but if they I think they could win, they don't think they, they could win here, and then they leave. I mean, well, well everybody no, like, wants to be a head coach. I mean, that's right, why you're ultimately the goal. Everybody wants yeah. to be a head coach. Yeah. Not that, everybody's right. going to be. Josh that's why I'm Daniels. saying. Right. That's why I'm saying Brady. And it does leaves. happen every couple of years, takes right? The head coaching job. Yeah. Yeah, and well, look, unless I mean, you know somehow Brady gets fired like Dorsey did, which I, I don't anticipate that happening, but um who who knows? Real quick, Stu, I will take that bet. No, oh stop. no. Don't get him bad. I will take that bet. <laughs> Gladly. <laughs> All right, Stu says bet Broncos have better season next year, loser shaves their head. Better season than the Bills? That's the question. Because if he's just saying better than the season they had this year, I would just say I hope so. <laughs> well, get some uh, get some details and some definitives on that. Um, yeah, the we other got- coach, the other QB coach, let me ask you guys if you even know this, because I had to look it up. Who was Josh Allen's first quarterback coach in the NFL? I feel like I saw I it earlier today, and I'm not gonna not going to be able to answer that. <laughs> <laughs> it was Ken Dorsey. No. 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 He uh, he went on to be a head coach. Actually, he's never been an offensive coordinator. 
He was Josh Allen's QB coach in, in 2018. He did some other stints after that, never an OC, but then he became a head coach of the Houston Texans for one season. Hmm. Oh, he became – wait. He, say that again. He became a Houston's head coach for one season? For one season. I believe 2022, 20, 20, I believe. So last year. Oh, my God. Who the hell was their head coach last year? Mike, do you have it in front of you? No. I can't find no, it. I, I'm gone. pretty sure oh. it's 2022. Okay, who was David it? Coley. David Coley. David Coley. Coley. Yeah. Never would have guessed. Which, I, like I said, I was surprised. I I didn't realize that. I didn't know because yeah, I was like you. I thought it was Dorsey the from the start, but no, I wasn't. So I, I'm not sure where he's at now. I think somewhere in the league. I'm sure, but but yeah. So defense, a whole bunch of new coaches there. Um, kind of got me thinking too. Are we going to see a, a very new or different defense for the Bills next year? I think players. Yes, players. What I think, <clears throat> I got to be honest. If Hyde straight up retires, I would not be shocked if players like, yeah, I'm probably done too. I mean, don't get me wrong. I hope he's back, um, but I wouldn't be shocked if he is. That'll put a hurting on the team for sure. I mean, that'll that that would basically put safety at the number one position of need uh, going into the offseason this year. Mm. Um, but. I, I would think, just push back on that a little bit because we still have Taylor Rapp, who I think can fill that no, role. No, we don't. He's a free he, he's agent. Not, well, uh, yeah, but I'm just saying he they could bring him back. Um, the defensive line concerns me more than the safety position, even if Poyer does decide to retire because we literally have mm-hmm. one guy under contract right now, and I don't know if the team can afford to bring back guys like Leonard Floyd or even Daquan Jones. Um, at where they are, you know, potentially marketed at. I believe Spotrac had um, Daquan listed at. Oh man, six point eight something million, six point eight, and then Floyd, I believe, eight point one uh, is their market values. Now, I will say this: if from yes. Spotrac, and this is straight from them too, is their market value numbers tend to be a little higher within what actually happens. So, you know, take that for what it's worth. But we know Buffalo's $50 million, uh, plus over the cap. I have no question, no, no doubt in my mind that Brandon Bean will get the team down below and they'll be able to make some moves. I just don't know how much of those moves. We're going to lose some players, I think, that might be fan favorites. Um, what do you – Casey, I'll ask you first. What do you think – do you see both Floyd and Jones coming back and Poyer? Or one of them, two of them. How? What do you see kind of coming out there? I would ex- <clears throat> excuse me. I, I don't get me wrong. I expect Poyer to come back. Um, I think that's just probably being a hopeful fan. Um, and I, I think Daquan's going to come back. I don't think that he's going to, you know, ask for a monster contract. Um, Floyd's probably going to be the most expensive one out of all of them. Um, but even at spot tracks projected contract for him this year, that's still more I mean less than what the bills actually paid him this year. They paid him 9.2 million this year. So if they can just figure out another way to swing that same deal again, and because we were basically in the same cap casualty as we were la- as this year, as we were last year, 
So if Bean can somehow just pull it off again, bring Daquan back, you know, on a regular, re- relatively team-friendly deal, put and Boyer just stays put, then I could see it. But I would, ex- I don't necessarily expect Floyd to be back. Yeah, I, I want him back, but yeah, I'm kind of with you. A oh yeah, I know there's some concern that he tailed off towards the latter part of the season. He had zero sacks over the last five games, including the playoffs. But he also had an injury, and um, we don't know how significant that was. It, it, he just he didn't look like the same player late in the season. Well, but, another note, another note on that. Sorry to cut you off. It, like, so but, I think he ended. I think he ended up playing the Von Miller role and Von Miller ended up playing the Leonard Floyd role. I think I like, I truly think that's how this year worked out. I mean, we all expected, you know, Von to get, you know, 10 sacks. We were hoping that um, Floyd would get, you know, five, six, seven sacks coming to being as the third, fourth, the third, fourth edge on the team. Um, So I think, I mean, he is a little older. So I think, yeah, I'm not, I wasn't totally shocked to see him kind of tail off a little bit because I think he was asked to do more than he expected. Uh, just Possibly. because he turns of the, 32 because of the injuries. Yeah, I think yeah, he just he filled in for Von with the injury. Basically. <clears throat> yeah. Um, Kyler, this is why you got to keep Epinesa. Just got to throw that out there. Uh, that's another one, too. Make more guarantee money and have an incentive-based contract. I would do an incentive-based contract for both. All three of those guys, the one that you just mentioned, Epinesa, uh, Daquan Jones, and Leonard Floyd, if if those guys would agree to it. Let's talk about Epinesa really quick since you brought it up. And he wasn't on the notes for today, but that's fine. We kind of talked about him a little bit in the past. At least I've talked with you guys. Um I like Epinesa as a player. My worry is that his his stats, his his big moments come in spurts. Um, I've called him before the Gabe Davis of the defense. He has a phenomenal game, and you're like, oh, my gosh, here he comes. And then he disappears for a couple of few weeks. And then he has a big game where he gets a sack, sack and a half, tackle for a loss, a pick, just an insane performance, and then he disappears for a couple weeks again. This team, and I've said this before, they need a consistent guy week in and week out. They just don't have that and haven't had it for a while. Ed Oliver, fantastic season last year. Nothing in the playoffs. And and that seems to kind of keep happening with a lot of these guys. They get to the playoffs, and I don't know. We've, we've talked about the defensive rotation. It doesn't seem to be working. Like they have a good regular season, but are they too tired in the, in the playoffs? Like what is happening there? And – I need that consistency. And somebody like Epinesa, I think he's got all the talent in the world. He's just – there's no consistency. Yeah. See, but I like that. I don't mind that spurtiness for defensive end because you never know when that big play is going to come. And I th- and AJ's made it the big play like at big time, like in a big game, you know, not just – wasn't just against just pick whatever crappy team you know the Giants or whatever like he he came up big against the Chiefs in Arrowhead um so I I that's what I would kind of expect from like my third fourth defensive end is you know somebody who is good average and then like most days and then on his best days you know he could be the number one on the team um but so I I don't mind that 
that spurtiness. Is he worth, though, the money that he's likely going to get as a third or fourth defensive end, though? Because, I mean, Roy well, brought it up. At this point, teams can overpay be, for defensive ends. At this point, he might be defensive end two for us. Vaughn might Could be the one that's. I mean, I, I feel like he shows great progression, you know, over the past. He's only been in the league two or three years now, right? No, this, is is his, his fourth this year. was his fourth year. Is this his fourth year now? Yeah, he's going to, yeah, he's going but, to year five. I mean, going back to like his his rookie season or second year, you know, it, I feel like you see a huge difference. Um, oh, for sure. So I, mean, I, I think I think it would be worth it in the long run um, to throw a little something at him and and keep him around. I do too. Yeah, it just I it kind of makes me nervous because because we are so thin on, along the defensive line. Like I said, we've got one yeah. guy under contract right now. Um, that being it, Oliver. So it worries me. Like if our defensive ends one and two are Von Miller and Epinesa, I have no confidence in that combo right now. Well, we don't. I could be completely group. wrong. Both those guys could come out and ball out next year. Well, yeah, and Gru would be the third one in there. And, but even with Groot, he has kind of morphed into this more of a fantastic deep run defender and not really getting after the quarterback. I think he had six sacks, five sacks this year. Again, You know what, what um, really scares me is I feel like Shaq Lawson just rubbed off on Gregory Rousseau because we picked Shaq Lawson in the middle to late first round he was supposed to he was you know one of the best pass rushers coming out of clemson i loved shaq lawson yeah clemson and he comes to the nfl i mean he came he's come up big in a couple of games so he's made some key stops so even getting to the quarterback but i mean he's just a damn good run defender like you said and Rousseau's kind of the same thing i mean he's i see Rousseau a lot you know when he's trying to push the pocket he kind of gets stood stood up and he's not necessarily rushing the quarterback. He's just more so just playing contain, but in, yeah, you know, today's NFL when quarterbacks can move the way they can move and linemen hold the way they hold and ne- it never gets called. Like it's, <laughs> uh, it, he, he's not able to actually make that contain a lot of the times, be, like just because of the way these quarterbacks are able to move. So it, that like he, He's one that's kind of starting to like. If his sack numbers don't go up next year, he's one who I'm going to be afraid of. Come like picking up the fifth year option the following year, because yeah. it's like, God damn man! Like you've had six sacks, six sacks, six sacks every year. Like it, like and he's just kind of he's never gotten really better. He's been the same player yeah. since he's entered the league. So like if that's as, as that's as what Patrick scares me. Goes, yeah. Yeah. But the reason, yeah, I, I think, oh, you like I'm going back to Epinesa again. Um, I, I just, I just want to say I feel like D tackle might be easier to fill in free agency than end would. Oh yeah, I uh, was also Cheap. another reason I, you know, would want to. Um, you know, I'm kind of arguing to keep him. Um, and then there's I don't definitely know, some free agent options. Back, which back we'll, to thinking we'll defensive back in the draft. <laughs> I'd love to yeah, see us I'd... just bring back Linval Joseph um, and Daquan Jones and Tim Settle. I'd love to have that four be our. Yeah, I'd, yeah, I'd love to have them back. I think Settle's I, the perfect. I, I, I think he's I the perfect in there, though. Fourth. 
Well, they, I, think, our, I do think they need to. Yeah, I'm not a fan of Settle either. Um, Linval Joseph is like 44,000 years old now. But he's so um, good. He's still so good. <laughs> Uh, Puna Ford, in my opinion, was underwhelming. Uh, yeah. I, I expected more out of that group than what we got this year. And, and I, I personally would like to almost – I'm not necessarily saying blow up the defensive line, but almost just reset. Let's, let's go back and get some young guys, kind of start fresh there, stop bringing in these mid-30-year-old mm-hmm. uh, DTs. I do want Daquan Jones back. That one I would welcome back. Puna Ford – uh, I would like to have him back one more time, one more season. Let's see what he can do for uh, another, you know, one more offseason and whatnot. Um, I want to kind of throw this out there really quick. So a lot of people know that I write for um, Fansided, the Buffalo Lowdown site, and Fansided is at the Super Bowl, and they're doing a lot of interviews. And Bruce Smith, because we're talking about defensive ends, reminding me, Bruce Smith was one of those that they interviewed, and I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet. But I do know that a portion of that was him talking about how difficult it is in today's NFL to get sacks. Um, so just shameless plug here. I'm going to listen to that interview later tonight, and I'll be writing about that, and that will be out around 9, 9.30 Eastern time. But I am curious to hear what he had to say because we're talking about these guys who are getting six and a half, seven and a half sacks, or even like Leonard Floyd who got ten and a half and. These days, we look at 10 and a half sacks and like, oh, my gosh, what a great season. But then we forget about guys like Bruce Smith, who had 20 sacks back in the day. Um, the Derek Thomases of the world that had 20s plus and, and Reggie Whites and all those guys. So T- I do think there Watt is something to that. T.J. Watt, the last two years, he's had over 40 yeah, sacks combined the last two years. That's like the anomaly, though. That is the, the outlier now. <clears throat> As opposed but to, yes and no. I mean, look at the other Josh Allen, um, uh, Miles Garrett. Uh, so who was it? it? Was T.J. Watt, Miles Garrett, the other Josh Allen, uh, Nick Bosa, um, Joey Bosa, but he was hurt this year. Khalil Mack, who had a fantastic year this year. I mean, that's five guys right there that had minimum fifteen sacks. So. Like I understand, like I get, like it's hard to find, to find that. But like the only way that you can find it is you have to get the number one guy in the draft class at like pick five at this point. And with that, you that's where so? all of the, yeah. I mean, that that's where what all but T.J. Watt were drafted. T.J. Watt was late first, second yeah, round. Yeah, I don't know. I've actually wondered that, and I've never looked into it. That that would be an interesting dive to see, kind of where that plays out uh, I, i'm going to throw this back up really quick because this emily that's my uh, one of my my uh, stepson's girlfriend she's in belize right now so oh. the fact that she's taking a time out of her family vacation to listen to us we appreciate that thank you oh awesome <laughs> um let's get so this whole show two things we wanted to get to one was the free agencies as far as wide receivers go. And then we, of course, talk about this role and our picks uh, because we didn't do that last week. So let's jump into the Super Bowl really quick. Um, I don't want to. I don't care. But we're going to begrudgingly do this. Mike, I'll start with you. What do you think? What, what are you expecting to see? What are you hoping to see? And who do you think is going to win? Who do you hope will win? 
what I want to see is the Chiefs get crushed by the 49ers. <laughs> I think we're all I in even, agreement with that. I even saw a very touching story uh, on NFL Network about Christian McCaffrey and a young boy with uh, cancer, I believe. And it made me even, even more a fan of the Niners. So <laughs> I really want them to win. But and I just want to I, I think Kansas City has a better defense. Um so that that is gonna be the tough part. Uh so that so I don't think the Niners are gonna win. <laughs> uh, I I like the coaching better at Kansas City. Uh it's just like meant to be for them. I, I can't I'm over fighting against it. So if I have to predict something, <laughs> I'm going to say the Kansas City Chiefs are going to pull it out. Um, this and is, I have my score prediction written down from last week right here. I was just going to say, so. since this is the last game of this of the year and our last opportunity to do score predictions, what do you got? Yeah, it's going to be 27 to 20 Chiefs. Wow. Sorry. Go ahead, Casey. Hope I'm wrong. <laughs> I think the complete exact opposite is Mike, which is not unusual. I think Kansas, I think um, San Francisco is better as a team as a whole. Um, the one thing you can do against San Francisco is pass on them, but Kansas City only has like two passing weapons, and that's Travis Kelsey, who's getting a little bit older, who you can, the Niners can just put one of the best, if not the best linebacker and probably the best coverage linebacker, Fred Warner, on him, and be like, go to town, you know, one-on-one that. And that that leaves rookie Rasheed Rice basically to carry the load uh, in the passing game. So I like like San Francisco in this game. I just think that the Niners are going to be – there's too many weapons on on that offense in order to completely stop them and shut them out. Um, I mean, McCaffrey, Kittle, Ayuk. Debo, you know that that that's an insane offense. Offense. So, I I, I think it's going to be San Francisco, thirty-two, and it'll it'll be Kansas City twenty-seven. Wow, that's a high-scoring game. Yeah. Um, a lot of Super Bowls usually things. are. We got to remember that's that. True. Super, that's Super true. Super Bowls usually end up being high-scoring. So there's two things that I kind of go back and forth on. Number one, the the 49ers defense can be ran on. They haven't been good against the run this year. Uh, so if the Chiefs are willing to lean into that, I think Pacheco could have a big game and potentially even be a Super Bowl MVP because of it. But then on the flip side of this uh, whole thing, I, I saw some numbers earlier today. Uh, they were comparing Josh Allen's MVP credentials to some of the other guys that are, you know, as far as the quarterbacks go. And which we'll find out, I think, tonight, right? Yeah, right? the SB Awards or whatever. Uh, and they were talking about Josh Allen's turnover worthy plays, which was at 3% and resulted in whatever turnovers, second to leg, right? But then Brock Purdy's numbers, they put up there 3.5% turnover worthy plays. He's actually put the ball in, in jeopardy more often on a percentage base than. Allen and it's resulted in 12 turnovers. The whole concept of the idea was saying that interceptions to a point are a luck factor as well. Oh, so, sure. yeah. Remember last year when we were like, oh, half those interceptions aren't on Josh. They all tipped off Isaiah McKenzie's hands. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I know. So, I, 
This one's actually tough for me. When the first, when the, the the matchups were first determined, I was like, oh, San Francisco's going to win this. Green Bay pushed the Niners to the brink and, and probably, in a lot of people's opinion, should have won that game. We saw the Niners earlier in the season kind of struggle. They lost three in a row to the Vikings were in there, and I can't remember the other two, but – and it's – it's difficult for me, and I hate to say this, but it's difficult for me to count against Patrick Mahomes. Right. Um, I I'm with I'm with Mike. I don't want the Chiefs to win. I would rather Brock Purdy, Mister Relevant, go out and get his first Super Bowl rather than Mahomes get his freaking third already. He's the new Brady of the league, which is disgusting. But um, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna go with the Chiefs as well. But I think it's gonna be. A little bit lower scoring, and I think it's going to be much closer. And I'm going to say 23-21 KC. So I'm looking that at FanDuel That would be a pretty right good now. game. You're looking and at the what? Niners are FanDuel right now. And the okay. Niners are favored by two and a half. And the over-under is 47 and a half. Hmm. So it's it's kind of interesting, you know, to see. I just want – I'm looking for one more. I wanted to see what the over-under for passing yards was going to be, but they don't have it yet. I just want to um, say Brock Purdy doesn't even believe in himself because he said he'd put Josh Allen on his own fantasy team <laughs> with all of the Niners' talent. So <laughs> I, I mean that out there as well. That just means he's realistic. Like he's exactly to me, Brock Purdy turned out to be what I thought like Taylor Heineke could have been. I hope he pulls <laughs> like, it off. Purdy, you know, he plays with the most heart. You know, he he like you can see like how hard mm. he tries on every single play. But he knows like I I can't throw it 70 yards. You know, I I can't run a 4440. But I can I he can do all the little things and he can do all the little things really well. And that's what makes him successful as a quarterback. He doesn't have the intangibles like Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen. So, I mean, kudos to him for to like like knowing like not knowing his place but like knowing his limitations and really running with him yeah 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 let's uh let's get off the super bowl i you know honestly i i actually forget that there's a game until something pops up on my phone about it and i'm like oh yeah there's Same. the super bowl this weekend i just know i got to get chicken wings a couple we're in the next day or two <laughs> Let's get into the to the free agent wide receivers really quick. So first of all, we've got two of our own, and uh, and Gabe Davis and Trent Sherfield. Casey, um, apparently you wanted to the vomit at the thought of those two. Explain yourself. No, I just well, like one of those things. I'm kind of just over it. You know, I'm think I'm over the Gabe Davis trial. He, I think he's done as much for us as he can. And I think we've done as much for him as we can. And I think for each to get better, I think they have to just go their separate ways. You know, it's just, it's toxic for both, for both. If they, I think if they stay together and not that he's going to be a bad guy in the locker room, but I just, I just think that he's hit a ceiling with the bills. And Trent Sherfield, I mean, he, I was, pumped that we signed Trent Sherfield yeah. last year. And I mean, he just became such a letdown to me, you know, I mean, th- between the drop, I mean, you know, the drop passes and just yeah. everything else. I, I just, I, you can get that, pr- the production that he gave us out, out of, I feel like just about any wide receiver. Just about anybody. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Your opinion of Davis, do you think the Bills missed him against the Chiefs though? Like, 
the game was close. We dropped three D balls. If he plays, to me, I think we that's a different game. But what do you think with that? I mean, obviously, yes. I mean, he he no matter what, he was still our second best wide receiver. Well, maybe third because of Khalil Shakir coming up. He helps the running game too. Um, but well, so does so did Trent Sherfield. I mean, he's yeah. just as good of a blocker, and so is Shakir. So we can, you know, that yeah. that's X nade out. But I mean, it, obviously, <laughs> like the the second the second best receiver. You want your second best receiver on the team playing. Um. So yeah, it, it would have made a difference. He probably would have caught the ball that went straight through Sherfield's hands both yeah. times. Mike, it, it, Mike, if if we bring bring in a, a different number two, an upgrade on with a number two, would you still would you want Davis back? If As, we brought in another number two, yeah, somebody and to where Davis could be the third or fourth option. I wouldn't see a reason for it. <clears throat> I wouldn't. I wouldn't see a reason for Gabe to be here then. I mean, it seems like he would be being replaced at that point. Um, and if you're just going to move him down the depth chart that far, I mean, I, I don't want to, I, I can't imagine him and Shakir competing for a spot or something. Uh, it, yeah. it, then it's just kind of, you know, when you get to that point, it, it's sort of, it's hard to compare at, at that point. You, yeah, you he, slide him down that far and it's like, it, it's not worth it. He, not he has a size. He belongs. Time. At the number two spot, uh, he just—I I don't know why—he—he's he, not going to be the slot receiver. I—I don't, I don't know. <laughs> he's got to be on the outside, or or he's inside blocking. So yes. Yeah, so Roy um, mentions a couple of free agent options, which perfect segue because I have a list here that we want to talk about. Uh, budget wide receivers like DJ Chark, Van Jefferson. Unfortunately, first of all. Van Jefferson's not even on my radar, honestly. Um, yeah, I don't know why. I just I don't have a good feeling about him at all. With Chark, you say um, a budget wide receiver, but he his spot track market value is listed at ten point nine million, which is just about two and a half million less than what Gabe Davis is currently slotted at. I feel like there's better options than Chark around the same uh, value or even less. <clears throat> Some of the names that I've got, I'll start with Curtis Samuel. He's the most expensive of the bunch that I have, 11.5 market value. So 2 million less than than Davis. I believe J- Davis is sitting at 13.6 last time I checked. Um, Curtis Samuel, 4.31 second and the 40, the fastest of these five guys I've got listed here as well. What do you guys think about adding Curtis Samuel as our number two? Go ahead, Mike. I've he he's definitely the probably one of the best receivers out there that are probably in reach as far as how how expensive they're probably going to be. Um, mm-hmm. so he, he's probably the most most talented free agent receiver we might be able to pick up that is realistically, um, you know, as far as the numbers go. Um, and I, I think he's I think he's a good great receiver. Um. I don't know you, you got me thinking we got to, we got talking about uh the values and stuff I you know I almost wonder if if Gabe would uh take a, a decent pay cut this year to stick around because of the uh production going down but it's like seeing I, I that here I know team. other other teams you know we say other teams might pay for them but you know 
what do they really see? And I, if he can't do it here, I mean, what is it? I mean, what what do you see in him that it's going to make him? I could see Brian Dayball throwing I mean, some players, money at him. Yeah, that's the one team I think that would overpay for him for his services for sure. Yeah, uh, Davis isn't a bad receiver. Like, don't don't get us wrong here. We're not saying that he's right. terrible by any means. It just kind of goes back to the whole consistency thing um, for that one. Uh, Roy, <laughs> yeah, um, $10.9 million really. When was he ever good talking about DJ Shark? Shark had a good first couple of seasons in Carolina – or not Carolina, in Jacksonville. Yes, he did. Then after that, he just – he didn't have very good quarterbacks after that. I I wouldn't <laughs> mind DJ Shark on our team on this roster, but not at $11 bucks. I want him at wide receiver four if he's on our team. Who would be ahead? Diggs, Shakir, and a, and a rookie. <laughs> the rookie. So, okay. I would. So you wrote out the wide receivers that you were looking at, and it got me thinking as to. I agreed entirely with KJ Osborne on you. I really like KJ Osborne. Um, I think he's, he's just a good kind price of an, too. I, th- I think he's just been, you know, kind of buried in the d- depth chart in uh, Minnesota with, you know, last year or two years ago, I guess. It was Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson. This past year it was Justin Jefferson and Jordan Addison, you know. But he stepped right in when those guys got hurt and, like, he performed to a starter level. So I wouldn't mind him. Uh, Noah Brown, you know, he's a big, little bit bigger receiver, 6'2", uh, coming from the Texans, mm-hmm. he just had a very, very good year. I liked him when he played for the Cowboys the year before. Um, he's somebody who I think would be ch- who's cheaper and could definitely be a wide receiver three, four for us. And then <clears throat> my sleeper, who I think we could get on a relatively cheap deal, who's dealt with injuries in the past. Which to me, if you've dealt with a couple injuries, that takes. That kind of saves a couple years on your body from getting hit, um, if that makes any sense. So, like, you may be thirty, but you 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 might be playing in like oh only in like you're twenty eight because you've missed say two years of getting hit. Michael Thomas, he's somebody that I mean set the catch record. I mean was one, considered the best wide receiver in football at his peak. He's now a wide receiver. I mean, a wide receiver. He's now a free agent. He's somebody who I would not mind taking a flyer at. You know, if he'd be willing to take a incentive laden deal, you know, throw you know throw him a couple million guaranteed, incentivize him. If he hits a thousand. If he hits ten catches, you know, if he hits seventy ten touchdowns, if he hits seventy five eighty catches, um, I think he could be a really good complement to Diggs, and then have Shakir running in the slot. That's my only argument against Curtis Samuel. I've been a big fan of him since he was in Carolina um, and watched since my wife's a Washington fan. I got to watch them a lot this year. He, I mean, he had he's a good their year. He did, I mean, but he's their slot guy. I mean, he does stretch the field um, every now and then, but he's mainly their slot guy. And I think they're, they really like Shakir and that. So I just, I don't think that they bring somebody in and pay him that much money, you know, to just battle with Shakir with it. I think this is, I think the slot position is Shakir's like for the foreseeable future. I I do agree there. You don't think Samuel can move to the outside? I think didn't he play outside with the Panthers? Yeah, but he's just too small. He's he's not big. I mean, I want to say he's like five yeah. ten. 
you know, and he's light. So, I mean, he got downfield, like you said, the blazing speed. He was able I think to get he's behind 5'11", the but Yeah. Um, well, I, to your point, that was – you said uh, mentioned that he stretches the field occasionally. It's one of the things that I thought was kind of interesting when I was kind of doing a little bit of research on him. I think his career average per reception is only like 10.9, which is unusually low for a 4-3-1 guy. So – and, and, and you look on the flip side of that, somebody like Gabe Davis, his yards per catch average this year was 16 point something, 16 point something. I can't remember exactly. He is consistently one of the top five, six guys in the league and, and yards per receptions. Yeah, he's not a 4-3 guy. I don't know what his 40 is, but it's not a 4-3. I guarantee that. So there's just some guys that regardless whether they possess that downfield speed or not, they still have a knack. We're getting open downfield and creating that separation and making those plays. And and that's and Davis can do that. And I guess that's what really kind of frustrates me to with, with him for me is I like him. I like him so much. He has these games, you're like, there he is, there's our guy. <laughs> and then he's not. Like it's so and then he's not for four games. Yeah, it's just it's like, so it's wait, you wait until everyone forgets about him, and then it's like, bam, there he is. They put him <laughs> yeah. on watch, and it's like, exactly. yeah, I like, I go then back to that Chiefs playoff game from two years ago, four touchdowns, yeah. and incredible on six performance catches. on six catches. How about that? Yeah, 99 one, yard the, one of the greatest pl- p- playoff performances we've ever seen, ever. But yeah. he can't do it week after week, and if he could just do half of that on a more consistent Literally. basis. But it's not going to happen at this point. We're about four years into this situation with him, and if it's not happened now, it's not going to, I don't think. Um, Again, he was a wider seat. He was drafted in the fifth round. He set the expectation. I said it last week. He just set the expectation so high after years one. And that I, like, I just think he, he was doomed. He was doomed to fail just because of how high Bill's Mafia's expectations were. He, he should have. In year three and four, based off those four, first two years, the numbers should have been better, but they're still about the same. Exactly. Because, yeah, and it just, I don't know, it just doesn't make any sense. Uh, I'm not going to go through the rest of the list here, free agent wide receivers, because we're out of time. And so we'll just save that for next week. So if you want to know, then you're going to have to tune in next week to see the rest of our, our free agent wide receivers list. Roy brings up uh, Chenault. Would be interesting. That's one I haven't looked into too much of. And again, Collins brought up Tredavious White and what the Bills are going to do with him this offseason. And yet again, forgot to bring it up. So, Roy, very first thing, as soon as the intro is playing next week, remind us and we'll jump right into Tredavious White conversation and what we believe that the Bills I'm writing it down. should do with him. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right. You guys got anything to add? No. Well, let's uh, remind everyone care. we're uh, headed out to game on. Maybe we'll see you there. Now it'd be cool if anyone heads out, say hi. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's all we're up to this weekend. Besides watching the freaking game and eating chicken wings, that's what yeah. I don't do. <laughs> if you're on YouTube, uh, please hit the like button, subscribe to the channels. Um, also, find us over on Facebook at the Mafia Cast. Become one of the followers there. We're up to 228. The goal is 500 by the time the season kicks off, 2024 season. So get over there, join our community, be part of the conversations. And um, also, you got to join that the Facebook group or page because 
we will be doing some giveaways for some Bills memorabilia, courtesy of Game On Sports from John's mm-hmm. uh, stores. So be on the lookout for those. The only way you can, uh, uh, you know, be entered in those drawings is by being part of our Facebook page members. So we're also gonna get out of here. Coming up, there's a trade show coming up at uh, Batavia uh, Downs Sports Expo at the end of the month. Uh, so we'll be posting about that kind of stuff too. Any future signings that John might have at his store, just keep you updated there on our Facebook page. Uh, lots of lots of good yeah. stuff coming. Mm-hmm. All right. We're going to get out of here, guys. We'll see you all next week. Go Bills. Go Bills. Go Bills. Tell your friends. Tell your friends. Hey, it's John from Game On Sports Memorabilia. Check out our huge selection of unopened wax boxes of Pokemon cards. You have to see our selection of over 2 million sports cards in stock, plus hard-to-find card supplies. And if you have anything to sell, bring it in. We can help you determine the true value before you sell it. We pay fair market value every day. It's Game On Sports Memorabilia, 2670 Dewey Avenue in Greece. Check out our podcast for news and information on the card and collectible universe. Also, check out our Facebook page. For more, call 481-2153. That's 481 481-21- 2153. 153.